Hey, yo, welcome to yet another episode of the Just North Pod. Thank you for joining us for yet another week of our bullshit. And of course, you got your boy Flacco. And as always, (laughs) (laughs) and your boy B, what's good, y'all? Thanks for, uh, you know, redeeming my intro. I know last week there was a bit of a bit of a miss. I missed an open layup. I was on the fast break. I was overthinking it. Tried to go up for a dunk, should have went up for a layup, but missed. Um, but we're back with some more topics. I think we're jumping right back into some pop culture, talking the Brittany Renner situation with that fuckboy podcast. We're going to talk about Kanye West and, I don't know, his like transformation and kind of shift from the Kardashian family and kind of the Here. chaos that has ensued there. And then I think we'll end today's pod talking a little bit about public education, public schooling. I'm not exactly an expert, but I've worked in public education for, you know, close to five, six years now at this point. So we're going to deep dive into some of the things that I see, things that I experience, and just kind of sharing that part of my world with not only Rez and B, but the fellow fellow homies of the podcast out there. Um, But I guess we should start first with the Britney Renner situation that kind of blew up all over Instagram this week and TikTok and Twitter. And I'm sure it's probably all over Snapchat, although I haven't touched Snapchat in almost eons. But I mean, who wants to kind of throw down kind of the gist, the structure of what happened? And then we can kind of deep dive into, I mean, struggling to really get all the facts of the situation. A lot of things were unbearable to hear, but who wants to kind of give us a nice little rundown real quick so we're all on the same page man essentially Brittany renner is some kind of instagram model <laughs> celebrity whatever the fuck she got clout. came in i'm fed up because whatever she's this individual uh famous she got some clout notably she is i believe seven or eight years older than the nba player she got involved with pj tucker or I'm sorry, PJ not PJ Washington. Tucker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. PJ. Oh yeah, wrong one. Don't throw dirt on his name. Not Mr. Oh my yeah, my bad, Tucker. Okay. My bad. My bad, Tucker. <laughs> um, PJ Washington. It's just because don't nobody ever talk about PJ Washington. They only ever talk about PJ Valid. Tucker. So I literally, before this Britney Renner shit, I never even had a thought in my brain about PJ Washington. But PJ Washington plays with the Charlotte Hornets. I believe he still plays for them. He's so forgettable that I don't really know. I, mean, I don't shit. know what he. Yeah, I mean, for, forgettable. I, I feel like is probably like the buzzword of the week. Uh, <laughs> essentially, they she ended up getting pregnant with his kid. They they broke up, and of course, the media, the hood, everybody is you know dubbing her a gold digger, this, that, and the third. And this has kind of been an ongoing saga around like, is he paying her child support? How much? Like it was rumored he was giving her two hundred k a month. There was nothing to substantiate that. Anyway, everybody have got something to say about Brittany Renner, including including the Flex and Fit podcast, which (sighs) essentially came for her life. Which one of y'all want to give us a rundown on on what the Flex and Fit podcast is before I get into this off the record episode? Let me let me get into this. Let me take (laughs) (laughs) the Flex. I mean, the Flex and Fit podcast. No, no, I got it. I tried to watch one of their episodes, but do you know? watching watching these two fools kind of just get into these topics where they're these two guys that pride themselves as the goats of misogyny they basically cast okay. is considered a guidebook for men on how to conquer a woman or basically not even conquer a woman how to get in women's pants that's just their whole thing and their their whole ideology is that women women and men are two different species and that women have one goal and one goal in mind and is that to get their resources off of a man to basically get clout basically off of men and that's it and men their whole mm-hmm. thing for women is just to get in their pants and have sex with them that's their whole thing and they try to help men to have sex with women basically like they, they give advice on their podcast on how to do it oh my god pods and you know i just realized i just realized they're just two big ass tool bags giving opinions 
Yeah. Uh, from from a hurt place, honestly. And I think it's just a bunch of guys. <laughs> no, and it's, it's G shit. Like realizing it is just a bunch of guys that I'm assuming they're single because there's no way there's no way a woman will give them their time of day. Like there, there's no way. With they're the allegedly dating many women. <laughs> men. No, yeah. So that's a load of shit. <laughs> that's a load of shit. Quotes, air quotes around that shit. It's a load of shit. And so basically they, they just kind of make this guidebook off of their podcast. And it, it's sad that they have so many followers. And, you know, obviously the majority of their followers are, are men. They basically say that they speak for the culture of men, that they pride themselves in misogyny and all that shit. So honestly, it's sad to see these guys, a bunch of tool bags, I guess, again, speaking from a hurt place, because I'm sure the only reason they're saying shit that they say is because they are probably turned down by a girl at some point in their life and so now all of a sudden they know everything about females and how to get into like how to oh, talk to a girl not females they know, they know everything about women there we go there we go yeah, i'm you know i'm learning i'm learning i'm learning i'm from the hood i'm sorry i mean it's it's one of those things i i think one of the most stunning things is i kind of saw them pop up on instagram them as a podcast like on um shade room or kind of like those pop culture news websites and then to find out that so many people kind of live and breathe the same thoughts, ideology, logic Sickening. that these two dudes have. And I think this is maybe the third video I've seen them of them getting kind of uh, bounced back from a woman person that they brought on to interview, whether it was a model or someone famous on Instagram. I think this is like maybe the third or fourth instance of, of someone kind of coming back and challenging them. It's just kind of disgusting how popular they are. Kind of before we jump into what happened with Britney. But it's just ridiculous that so many people think exactly like this. That they only want this from me. They only want my money. What I can give them. It's giving real mommy issues that haven't been Mm -hmm. talked through in therapy potentially. And it's also giving like, damn, who hurt you that bad? Let's sit down and talk. Who hurt you? Because that's what it's given a lot of. Just like I couldn't get through an entire podcast and I yeah. couldn't get through a video. But from like, you know, 25 minutes of it, I couldn't. Shit, them red I flags couldn't. is in my face. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Thank you for that. For that summary, gentlemen. I had to raise my standard best because I'm about to go the fuck in on this shit. Uh oh. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm listening. These men, these men are the prime and sole reason that I can't fucking stand men. Men are trash and they are perfect examples of why men are fucking garbage. So we give you all this background to share that Brittany Renner and the Flex and Fit bitches were on the Off the Record podcast with DJ Academics, who he himself is honestly problematic as well. Piece of shit. Big old bitch. So the podcast... The podcast starts, honestly, it starts with, with guns blazing, right? So Brittany Renner asked, what's his name? Myron? Something like that. Bozo number one. Yeah, Bozo Tweedle number D. one. What, <laughs> what he means when he says he tells men about women like her. And she asked him, so tell me about women like me, since you know me better than I know me. Yeah, you did say that you warn guys about girls like me. So now that we're face to face, what kind of girl am I? You're not special. You're like other girls. That's the I'm key. not special. <laughs> like, so, you're like other women that are So like, what makes you special then? I never said I was. But you're trying to say, well, what makes me different from like a lot of women operate the way you do? Which and is, how do I operate? In general, what I just said before, women, it's a dance between the two genders Men are trying to get sex. Women are trying to get resources, time, attention, whatever it is that they're looking for. And a lot of girls play the game better than guys. We talk about this openly on our podcast. And we're teaching guys how to not necessarily get finesse and get what they want out of girls, which a lot of times is intimacy, but they're not able to get it. But girls are easily able to obtain money, time, resource, attention, whatever it is. Girls are running laps around dudes. First of all, let's bring it back a couple notches. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... There's really a lot to unpack here because my first question to you is, what do you gain from telling girls that they're not special? How does that make you feel? I mean, I know everything, talking, is, I know we... everything is a joke, but I'm asking you a real question. So how does it make you feel? Because if I say you're a bitch ass nigga, that does something for me, right? If I insult you or if I tell you you're not special, you're forgettable. Well, what does that do for me? No, but that doesn't, but that's what I'm saying. Off, no, but I'm, but I'm saying, what if I call you, if I just say that, 
again, you're forgettable. That's why I didn't want to do you guys' podcast. Forgettable. Hate the setup. Uh, the name is underwhelming. I didn't really see the value in it. Sure. Right? Okay, that's how fine. I feel. Right. But so that's fine. But for me, that's okay if it wasn't a fit for me. But I also don't need to, in a way, kind of try to devalue what you guys have going on. Because at the end of the day, I may not agree with anything you guys talk about. Because honestly, I feel like when you've seen two or three videos, you've seen them all. And this entire episode is centered around this ideology that honestly, a lot more men than a lot more men than you think. They hold this ideology that women only want one thing. They're out looking for resources for men. They're trying to get money. They're they're doing what they can to suck men dry to get what they want. And for men, it's all about getting sex. And mm -hmm. they just spend the episode kind of berating Brittany Renner, who, let me just say, is a super intelligent woman. Extremely and intelligent. And it, it, it's just really baffling to me because it's these same type of men who are like the leeches in the street, like in North Philly and West Philly. And honestly, any like any hood dude, like this is like a common ideology. And it's like they're they're talking about how women are emotional creatures and men can go and get success and hold off longer on like wanting a family and this, that, and the third, and that feminism has taught women that they can do the same as men and that men and women are equal and the flex and fit podcast men believe that men and women are not equal and that feminism has incorrectly taught women that if they want to that they can go get money be successful but that's still not good enough because women are too emotional to be able to do that and find a man it's this can I throw a bit in there real quick, real quick? Because yeah. they also said they also said that women try to put on a front that they just want to be successful and work a job and like, you know, make as much money as possible. But in like in their interior, all all women want is just to find a man and have a family, which is like, you know, like, bro, why? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like it's is this so really cringy. It's so cringy, bro. It just feels like they've never matured out of being like seven-year-old boys or something. Like life isn't right. like binary. It's not like one or the fucking other. Like there's levels to a relationship. Like there's levels in what you get. Also, you are the company that you keep. You are like it, the people you pick to have a relationship with are a reflection of yourself. Like put the mirror up to your face once in a while instead of always it's them that's doing this to me. It's them. It's this. It's like, stop attacking the women just for, for having their own like agency, being able to do whatever the hell they yeah, want to do. Fuck who they want to fuck do uh job wise, whatever the hell they want to do, whether it's business, Instagram, like we're not here to like just belittle something just because you're mad that you're not sleeping with them or like you don't have a chance with them. It's I or feel your like ego is like, broken because they're doing better than you. I like, thought, I thought we left like those little baby egos like in middle school and like elementary school. Yeah. Like you, it, we evolved. But these men, and it's again, it's just that thought. You're really like, all right, yeah, these two dudes are fucking ass wipes. They're like trying to destroy um, a woman's credibility on like their podcast that obviously gets clout all around social media. And it's like, why can't you just check yourself? Like ch check yourself yeah. before you try to put, like check other people like, yeah it's like this unrealistic or not unrealistic it's like the the only view they have of relationships between men and women are toxic and believe it or not there are relationships that are not toxic whoa whoa like there, like there are like something that really <laughs> got on my fucking nerves was this dude myron was saying well you should have known what you were signing up for because he asked Brittany renner why she left PJ Washington and she was just like, because he was a cheater and a liar. And I wanted him to be faithful to me. He was like, well, you should have known what you were signing up for. He's an NBA player. You get a certain tier of man. And when a lot of women want him, you have to accept that you have to share him sexually. And that's on you. But if you have the ring, the house, the baby, you should be satisfied and fuck Brittany Renner for having any kind of standard. Fuck that. Yo, fuck that. That is the most bullshit thing I have ever heard. Ever. You telling me that because someone has a certain level of success, 
whoever crossed paths with that person has to accept whatever toxic behavior that that person displays because they're a quote higher tier. I don't, I mean, I don't know where this idea can come from. This, like, the more money, the more status, the more I can get away with. And yeah, the like, the more minimum. freedom you could do, like, bullshit with. Like, what? it doesn't work like that, bro. It doesn't work like that. Everybody has standards. Oh, my God. You, you guys are crucifying her because she wants her man, the father of her child, to be faithful to her. Bro, That's weird. It's, it's really crazy because and, and then there's like this generalization of women. And it's just like you clearly never left your block. You clearly never grew up. Relationships exist where a man and a woman are equal. And newsflash, men and women are equal. Feminism is not a fucking lie. Women can do it all without a man. And if they decide somewhere down the line that they want to start a family with somebody and they want to pick somebody who takes care of themselves the way they take care of themselves, like, it's okay to have standards. Like, it's not this whole concept about women not wanting broke niggas. Like, that's bullshit. Not even just women. Like, what you should be looking for in a partner is somebody who is on the same page as you. Somebody who Shit, holds facts, the same values. Facts. Yep. It's not about whether or not you're broke. This this whole, like, ideology, it's fucked up. And the narrative is used a lot to be twisted on women. So, like, they make it seem like a contradiction that a woman wants somebody with money and they won't date somebody who's broke. But then the money doesn't matter. But that's not true. Like, it's okay to have standards. It's okay to want to be with somebody who can support themselves. Bro, this shit is crazy. Yeah, they're trying to create this ideology of, like, how everything has to kind of, like, appease a man's ego. Like, a woman can't make more money than a man because he has to be the breadwinner. You know, and the woman has to stay home and, like, you know, just give it up whenever they want or or raise the family. You have to keep your partner accountable, whether it's you, you and your wife or, like, whatever, you and your girl however it is you guys keep each other accountable hold each other's values and then have standards for each other that's that's just life you brought up an interesting point brian because they talked about this on the podcast too this whole idea that men have to be the breadwinners that's also that's so archaic like that's the thing i feel like that's the perfect word to describe this entire situation like all of these ideologies are archaic who said that they have to be that way and who said that they still have to continue down that path? Like, a man doesn't need to be the breadwinner. Like, if I was straight and I was making more money than the dude I was with, like, it don't matter. Like, you're doing what you do. I'm doing what I do. And we're, we come together in this partnership to support each other. Yeah. <clears throat> Women shouldn't have to depend on men to take care of them and vice versa. It should be an equal partnership. This, this idea that men and women are not equal, that shit fucking boils my blood dog like i talk about it at least once a month in therapy i hate a man who thinks that he is superior to me just because he is a fucking man like i hate that when it it, whether it's video games whether it's something at work just because you have a dick does not make you better than me period period and on that you know period i mean talk about it i think on that same note and i think both you kind of addressed it like these old values that we kind of just kept in society just to fucking keep like just because it's been around for a long time doesn't mean it's the right way doesn't mean it's the best way like things change you can adjust and it's also very telling when what's the only thing you bring into the relationship are you telling me you're the only thing you bring is money you don't bring any emotional support any you know physical love like it's all money that's very telling of the kind of person you are if you think that's all you need to bring to a relationship is money. That's that you've already set it up to, to take the biggest L. That's not how things work. And in that same vein on this idea of, you know, these like old values of uh, the man bringing home the money. Yo, who gives a shit? Like a relationship isn't a competition about who makes more money, this, that, and a third. Like if y'all a team together, y'all both get to eat and reap the benefits of each other. Like, if someone in the relationship wants to be someone who doesn't work because one can financially support it, bet that's awesome. If both of them want to work, grind toward a career, bet awesome. If both of y'all don't want to work and become nomads and, you know, live your life, great, awesome. But y'all still a fucking team together. It's not yeah. about I do this, so now I have to deserve, I get this in the relationship. No, y'all a team. Y'all work together for a goal it shouldn't be oh i do the money so she got it no 
What? Y'all trying to both yeah. succeed? It's, it's not an really eye crazy. thing. It's just really crazy. It's baffling. It's baffling. I like. I understand that there may be some women who also hold this ideology, right? But to generalize the entire, like the entire world of women, it's just absolutely bullshit. And the reason why I came into this shit so fucking hot was because I just wanted to find like a general timeline of Brittany Renner's relationship with PJ Washington. And that's what I Googled exactly verbatim, Brittany Renner, PJ Washington timeline. And I just got fucking heated because all of these, all of these headlines come for Britney's life. Like for what? She ain't make that baby by herself. Age difference aside, he's grown. Like it don't matter. Like he, he made, he still made that conscious decision. And he can't, and he came after her too. And it's just like, bro, like the world, I feel like for as long as like, we've been alive, like up until like recent years has just been like, catering to men catering to men and something that Myron said on off the record was that women are coddled to believe that they can be (laughs) strong women and get get this money and get what they want in life and that's absolutely inaccurate and that's just it's just bullshit to me I think what's happening now is that men like Myron and whatever the fuck his little partner's name is they are scared of where the world is going because women are women are owed the respect that men get too. Women deserve equal pay. Women deserve equal treatment. Y'all, I'm tired of this. This is not a man's fucking world. Men better watch out. I'm sorry, y'all. You know I love y'all. Exceptions. Oh, no, no. Speak on it. I apologize for my gender all the time. A lot of clowns <laughs> that uh, unfortunately yeah. are also men. Kind of looking at it all, it's just they're kind of scared and i think once we kind of gear toward the end of this like yeah they're scared like without like those you know old school mentality archaic whatever you want to deem it um thought process i feel like they're realizing they have less and less to offer a potential partner in the future right without that bullshit um machismo that bullshit idea that i'm making all this bread and you want it i feel like once you know, it finally hits them that, hey, they don't really give a fuck about all that. It's about you, the person that's exposing to them. And they're like, oh, shit, where am I going to end up when I'm 45, 50? Fucking alone as shit, giving DJ academics a hand job in the back for some clout. Like, that's what they're going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Relationships are a team effort. It's never a competition. You shouldn't be bashing someone or thinking you're better just based on a fucking gen. And gender's just a fucking social construct anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, just do you. Be the person. We're all people. We're all grinding to a goal. Like, that's love who you love, be. man. And that's it. I'm going to transition to our next topic on Kanye, but kind of the idea that Hollywood wants the cool. And as we move forward, let's talk about something else that got pretty spicy over the last week, week and a half. And that's the Kanye West and the, um, his kid Chicago's party that happened, I believe it was a week, a week or two ago. And the social outburst by Kanye kind of telling everyone that he was not told where the party was, when the party was occurring for his own child. And he had to go out and text the boyfriends the, of the sisters to find out where it was happening. He gave a huge rant about um, him not wanting to be that absent father and how fatherhood is really important to him. And he doesn't ever want to make his children feel as though he's not involved or caring. And I kind of want to hear what you two think about kind of the way the Kardashians are kind of pushing out Kanye from the inner circle and not really caring about, at least from the outsider's perspective, of the relationship between Kanye and his kids that, you know, is important to him, at least. I can't, I don't know really from the other camp, but at least from Kanye, he wants to be involved regardless of his relationship with Kim and the family. So what do you guys think about kind of how this is all playing out for Ye? I I feel like I have some conflicting thoughts on it. Me too. Because I have my own feelings about the Kardashians. And I used to be like Kanye was my favorite rapper and I had to cut ties with him after his behavior. And I don't know, man, it's like complicated, right? Because we don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. in that inner circle. But what seems evident to me is that Kanye needs help. And that doesn't excuse any of his behavior. 
but I just don't think that man been raised since his mom died. I just don't nah. think he been raised since his mom died, and I think he got something going on mentally that he he needs to figure out. And for me, having not grown up with my dad, I feel like that's so important, and it's not anybody's right to keep him from his kids. But then I look at the flip side, right? Like he's been having all these crazy outbursts. Kim is allegedly dating Pete Davidson. Kanye over here threatening him in songs. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it doesn't seem like he's good. So, like, as a mother, she got to do what's best for her kids, right? But then on the other side, again, just, like, not even on Kanye's side, just from, like, the outside perspective. First, I was Kanye's side. Then, you know, the Kardashian side. And now my actual, like, opinion of this family, like, Mm-hmm. I think they're a bunch of fucking culture virtues. I think that they are cultural appropriators. I think that they wish they were black. And now the narrative is shifting to them being pop punk bitches. Like, I think Big they, emo yeah, shit. they just jump onto anything that's going to keep them relevant. That's my opinion. For me, even seeing all this shit, we talked about Chloe and Tristan. Like, Chloe has said some fucked up shit too, just like objectifying black men. I just feel like I think the family overall can be really problematic and I'm not a supporter of the Kardashians, but if we were to take their names out of it and really consider the situation as like a mother protecting her children and then a father and just taking their names out of it, I feel like it's a completely different story. It's just like one of those really complicated things. And I feel like I don't really have a right to say who's right and who's wrong. You mean? And that's, I mean, yeah, I'm a like I'm gonna give a, a couple different perspectives because I, I heard this on the Breakfast Club first whenever this this whole thing came up. Um, so for context, Kanye threw a Chicago party separately by himself with his you know friends and family, and then Kim also threw her party because obviously they're separated as parents. So as a father, I could understand if the the whole I'd be like, hey, you know, I actually want to be there for my kid, but you threw her a party last week. I think Kanye's doing a lot of antics to try to just get back in Kim's life and make Kim's life a living hell. A whole bunch of things like, you know, buying the house across the street from her, her new house, you know, trying to build the house. And there, there's a lot of other like excuses that he puts in. And I think he uses his kids as excuses to try to, you know, get back at Kim. I wholeheartedly support the fact that Kanye does need help. Because, you know, with this whole situation, I don't taking the whole celebrity aspect out of it. I don't think he should have taken it publicly and just said, like, oh, you know, they didn't invite me to the party, blah, 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 this, that and a third. Like, you know, since since when was like Instagram or, or Facebook like a social diary? You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's something that needs to be hashed out. Him, but also but also that's the family you're with. That's the family you're dealing with. And, you know, he, he chose them. He chose he chose, them. he chose them. So, like, it, it's it's kind of like that. You know, you you dug your grave. You got a lie in it. He he made a deal with the devil. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chris Jenner. Right, yeah. right. And so, um, <laughs> honestly, it's like just forcing Kim's hand to be like, "Hey, nah, bro, you you just made a diss track that you're gonna threaten my boyfriend. Why do, why would I want you at the party? Like, I don't even know what you're gonna do. Nobody knows what Kanye's gonna do at the end of the day. He's erratic as fuck. He's erratic and and just he just does the most wildest stuff. Like, I agree with Rez. Ever since his mom died, I can't look at him the same. The man's been doing the most wild stuff, getting patches in his haircuts and whatnot. You know, you, you watch your your heroes fall, but again. The man needs help. Yeah, I think uh, I think like one of the things that both you kind of alluded to was kind of if we eliminate all the celebrity shit away from the situation, I feel like it becomes a lot more clear um, as to maybe who's not completely right and wrong, but at least who's more in the right or in the wrong. But I feel when we're talking about yay and the Kardashian empire. They've been like the the power to control the narrative that gets out, the power to frame things in a certain way, even the way that the family ices out exes or or ices out former partners that used to be part of the clique. And because of what they're doing in the media, what they're doing in public doesn't fit their trend that they're on right now, how they're very quickly to kind of, you know, Chris will bring the hatchet down. Nope. Boom. They're out. 
And it's tough for me with Ye as well, because, again, I feel like all three of us growing up, Ye was very big in our lives, whether it was those like the college workout plan album or late registration, like those bops. After his mother died, there has been a shift with him. And I, I think getting with the Kardashian empire for his for Ye was good, but for Kanye, not so great. I don't know. There's like. I just want I just wish there wasn't like the question marks of like, what is the media and like trying to narrate? Like, what are they trying to push to sell papers versus what's real? And again, I think you were right being saying him jumping on Instagram and like just blurting shit out like this doesn't help his look. case at all. It just look. makes him look even more like he's, you know, falling down the ladder and just going deeper and deeper into like a black hole or whatever the fuck he's going through. But I, I wish I could just like take down all this, the media bullshit around it and all like the, you know, journalists that are around them, the TMZ shit. I wish I could just what the fuck is really going on? Because like it's getting harder and harder to like even ration, rationalize what anyone's doing in this whole like sector of celebrity. Like it's harder and harder every time now, but it is right. definitely sad to see Kanye kind of. Like I said, what hero just dying, man? Just what the fuck? <laughs> like yeah. that was definitely my dude. I think for me, what it comes down to is, I think they're both at fault to some extent. None of this shit needs to be public. For me, I feel like as parents to those children, they need to figure their shit out and make it work for those kids because all of this shit is unacceptable. It's Thanks. unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, like, that's fine. Y'all not going to be together. But what y'all need to do is figure out a partnership for those kids because y'all decided to bring children into this world. And now you need to figure out how to make it work and give them the life that they should be getting, regardless of whether or not you're together. Because just because you end up with somebody else or you're not with your BM, your BD, whatever, like, your priority should be those kids. And that's it. But anyway, enough about that shit. I want to tell you about this <laughs> crazy ass show that I've been watching. I like there's only three episodes out right now, but I've been on my ass. Brenda came in like halfway through an episode and now she fuck with it, too. But it's called Abbott Elementary. It's heavy hitter. Funny as shit, but it's also fucked up. It's funny and fucked up at the same time. It's like think about the office in like a public school system. And that's it. Like you got like an incompetent ass like boss. You got some people who give a fuck, some people who are just so used to it that they don't, they're just like, man, whatever, like, fuck all that. But (laughs) it gives an interesting insight, I think, into the public school systems here in the United States. And that's something that, you know, is near and dear to our hearts over here on the Just North podcast. It's it's some shit we care about. You know what I'm saying? We love the kids. (laughs) I mean, the kids are all right. The kids are, yeah, you know, I don't really fuck with kids, but. Their education is important. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so I want to get into this conversation about the public school system as we have eyes and ears on the ground. You mean? Got boost to the feet or uh, boost to the ground. Fuck, I said boost to the feet. Boost to the feet. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I mean they I gotta mean, go there. Boots to the feet too. Before you get the boots right. on the and ground, then, you gotta have right. the feet and, and the boots. Yeah. I was just going through the steps before we got there. Yeah, you know, I, I was trying to lead us up. Um, but yeah, I guess is this something near and dear? This is kind of where I make my living at. So my career is public education. I do want to give a shout out to Ab Elementary. I would say it's probably the most. Although there's a ton of humor and jokes, a lot of those are based in a lot of the truths uh, that you see working in a public school, especially one um, in an urban setting that isn't properly funded like other school districts or other schools within the district. But, you know, you see that incompetence anywhere. If you even take five seconds of watching to the show, you see all the roles. You have the white savior teacher, the veteran teacher that's been there for 20 years in the building found a way to survive in the building and is the go-to for all the tips you have the new teacher that doesn't really want to be a part of it but kind of falls in love with teaching in the process and then Quinta, who's the main character the young teacher with the twinkle in their eyes of all the change they can bring into the building and then kind of the reality that a lot of public education is politics and a lot of who do you know or what information do you have over someone's head that can get you farther into the game. Um, 
it's definitely education. You know, my background, I went to like Catholic school for K through eight. I went to like a private school from nine through 12 and then a public college. So my idea of public ed was a little skewed growing up compared to most. Um, but getting into the game, uh, it definitely was eye opening as to how much it's all politics and how much isn't really based on your merit or how hard you work. I think that was some of the heavy hitter things going into it that was like, oh, shit. So this is OK. So yeah. this is the game we're playing. All right. I feel it. That's some shit. Apologies if some of this conversation gonna be heavy, but it's a lot of stuff that we got to talk about because <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of stuff that that some people might not know. That's like whether reality. you're yeah, whether you're an attendee of public schools or you're like me and Flacco, you know, Catholic school K to eight, private school nine to twelve, and then public college. It's different. Public colleges are not the same as public schools within a city. Yeah, it's just not. But tell um, us, but, tell us, how long you been in the game? Uh, so again, I've been in the game for five, almost six years, either being directly working with public education or being directly working with students in public education. And it's been quite a ride. I've been at my one location through that, through my career. I've been at one school kind of seeing the progression and regression of mm-hmm. whether it's um, new leadership, what uh, leadership at the school level, leadership at the city level. For most people that don't know, I'm in one of the biggest districts in the state. We'll say one of the biggest districts on the East Coast, actually, yeah. servicing over 250,000 students. There's over 130 schools that fall under the network of it. And I think most people realize the bigger an organization is, the less and less structure and less and less um, accountability happens. Yep. Um, yeah. There's too many titles. There's too many titles. Oh, this, you have to go through this person. Then you could take it to this person. Then you can finally get it to the person who's going to get you said money, said change. And you spend a lot of the time talking to people who aren't actually movers. They're just there to either make the process longer or to buffer out a lot of the good ideas that circulate throughout a said district. And that's evident. There's over like 15 sub districts within the major district that are all run by their own head, subhead, sub, sub, subhead that then work specifically with schools. It's definitely uh, quite a quite a adventure, I would say, kind of maneuvering and trying to understand the the entire ecosystem that is public education and what that means and what it entails. So what would you say, and I'm sure there are several ways you can answer this, but what would you say <laughs> is like the biggest problem that you face in the public school district? So I would say one of the, and I'll take it on like a two point front as a whole, as a district, um, one of the biggest things that I see as an issue or something that continually comes up is management of money and the distribution of funds. There have been countless grants written, countless government, federal money given to um, our leaders throughout, whether it's uh, an emergency from the pandemic, whether it's because of low state testing scores, whether it's because of the certain class, um, economic class we serve, or the certain demographic we serve, there's always money, or at least they always claim there's money. Now, the big boss has made six to seven figures running this district. Um, A lot of the schools, and I'll use my school as an example, uh, the walls aren't painted. They're off white instead of white. There are ceiling panels missing. There's water damage. There are, you know, sinks that don't work. The bathrooms will be sometimes refilled with paper towels, sometimes might not be. There's not enough staff in a lot of our buildings because the district is seemingly can't afford to pay more teachers, although I'm sure with the millions of dollars that have been donated, you could have added on some salaries. That's kind of on the big scale, just like the not being able to know where the money is going, because when you talk Mm -hmm. public money, it can be shrouded through other avenues when you're talking public money Um, and just never seeing the follow through all the way down to a specific school where you feel it. Yes, 
you know, $1.5 billion got donated to a district, but because it's such a large district, where does that money actually go to? Who is actually going to benefit from that money? Things like that. So that's like my big picture. Small picture, there's too many leaders that aren't qualified to be leaders. Just because you've done a job for a long time does not make you a qualified leader. Does not make you qualified to manage. Again, as someone who's relatively young into the education game, I've pushed myself into leadership positions very early on, which is can be seen as a negative or a positive because education typically says, oh, you've been teaching for 20 years, regardless if you were a great, piss poor, average teacher You should know what you're doing because you've done it for so long. Let's give you this assistant principal job or this department job just based on experience, not based on how well you did your job, not based on how much you've, you know, raised test scores in a certain area or how you've, you know, brought an initiative to a school. No, based on experience. So there's not a lot of leaders being bred from within organizations. And then those leaders just leave the profession or go find another job where you can, there's a little bit of mobility in the job, not, oh, so you're, you're pretty much stuck at that position for five, six years, regardless if you do a good job. So I can do a great job, make my scores go up, my students pass, but the person down the hall might be a shit teacher, not the best educator, but guess what? We're still on the same pay scale. We're still on this, that, and a third. Well, if they taught more, they're making more, even though I'm more qualified. So there's a lot of dysfunction within how leadership and things based on merit are organized within a school. So I think those are my big two kind of heavy hitters that I always talk about, like two things, just money and the structure of leadership. If you fix those two things, a lot of other problems kind of domino affect themselves out. So do you usually get like a lot of parental feedback, like to, to push for a school change, like to eyes or anything like that? That I think is one of the bigger issues when it comes to a lot of schools in urban areas or ones that might be considered middle to lower economic economically with the money they make. Um, is that there seems to be a disconnect between the school community and the actual community that it's inside of or it's around. So, you know, four or five years report card conferences, you know, they're four times a year, sometimes six times a year. You might be lucky if you get one or two kids show up and they're not the kids that need to be seen. Those are like the superstar kids that are already doing great in class, that are already, you know, doing what they need, participating, being leaders, group discussion, Those are the parents you see, the ones of typically the struggling students. It's harder to find them sometimes. Maybe you might not get that support. But I think it definitely is a break in communication between school and parents. Because, again, if you kind of think about it, it's all a cycle. If your parents had a bad experience with education, they're most likely not going to instill that in you, that education is that important. Or that, oh, you know, this is what I did before. This is how I got out of it. Um, You might go to college, you might not. There's there's really not the emphasis on the learning. It's just on the let's get out to the next step. Because again, a lot of my students, very small percentage of them will go to a four-year institution to complete a degree. A lot of these, a lot of the students that I service are ones that uh, will need to get a degree and will jump into the work field or go to a tech school or go into a community college to then go to a four-year institution. So um, it's just a, it's a big disconnect in kind of how people think of education. Do you think of it as a, like how I was raised where it's, you need education to not only better yourself as a person, but to then hit the next step in your life where you're finishing college. Okay. Now what? going to do something else are you at least getting a job are you getting a tech are you going to get a degree there's just that disconnect whether it's just seen as a i need to get done with high school so i can go do whatever else instead of a it's a stepping stone so you know have an intelligent conversation or to you know fight for the rights of the community to be involved in politics there's just that huge disconnect that happens a lot of the time like many of our conversations this is just scratching the surface but you just named a number of issues. What can somebody from the community do to help better 
any part of this of this predicament that that public schools kind of find themselves in. I'll I'll give three kind of and I'll call them. I will call them like these three nuggets that most people can just do Mm -hmm. that I think bleed into whether it's not directly like. I'm not here saying like, yes, you at your job, you're going to have to donate $400, $500 to the next public school you pass. Like that, that again, where will that money eventually end up? Who knows? I'll say one, stop bashing public education just in the way you speak about it. That's important because that builds into the narrative of public education, which then bleeds into the politics of public education. Stop bashing it. If you came from a place where you, went to a charter high school, maybe that was a magnet school, or you went to a private or a Catholic, or even if you went to public school, don't bash it. Don't bash the idea of public education because public education is foundational to this country. It's foundational. It's the only way we can even begin to think about equality and equity within, you know, the different groups of people. So that's the one thing. Just stop bashing it and support public education. Yes, these charter schools may sound nice, but hey, guess what? A lot of these charter schools are just public schools sh- shrouded in a nice uniform and with more money. But they're still taking away funds from the public schools. So again, support public education, support public school teachers. If you see, and this goes into the one thing, if you see them putting out a list to support with supplies, help out, even if it's fucking, yes, it may not sound a lot, but getting a ream of printing paper means a lot to a teacher. Because we sometimes only get one or two a month. So yes, helping that out is is monumental. Hey, if you got a teacher friend, hey, you know, buy him a drink sometime. You know, it's just like <laughs> just kind of like helping anyone in the public sphere. Like it's not easy. So it's just one, just stop treating public ed like it's shit. Like, because that's the discourse online. F- public schools fucking suck. Public school teachers are terrible. Nah, dude. Granted, are there some shit teachers? Yeah, but not everyone is. There are great educators in the system. So one, support public ed, whether it's supporting the narrative, supporting teachers, support them. Two, give a fuck about the politics and not just the big politics. I'm talking small town, like for a district or for a certain neighborhood. That means way more then who the fuck you elect as the governor or the president? I, again, in this country, it seems like it's only every once every four years, people give a fuck about politics when it's time for the presidential shit. Guess what? That doesn't help the everyday person going to a school or to a public building. You have to give a shit about these small local elections, whether it's your own neighborhood, your own hometown, or if you're like me from Philly, where you got to care about who's the council person in charge. Because they're ultimately going to be the ones who decide, is that stop sign going to get put up in that neighborhood? Are they going to open that public park for the children of the neighborhood? Will there be a public pool that is opened in the summer for the children of the neighborhood? And all that extra stuff leads into the community schools. So if there's a good community, that can bleed into building a school culture. So building up our neighborhoods from within, not just kind of uh, who gives a shit? I live in this shit. Who gives a shit? It's going to stay like that. That mentality is why the hood stays the hood for 20, 30 years until gentrification comes around. And I think lastly is, and again, this is this is kind of on a, on a bigger note, but w- be nice to teenagers. Like you may think teenagers suck. You may think teenagers have attitude, but just remember how fucked your brain was in high school, whether it was dealing with all the schoolwork you had to do, whether it was dealing with a home issue, whether it was dealing with a parent's issue that really wasn't your issue, but you were still in the mix to it, whether it's relationship issues, whether it's your own sexuality, that those years are rough for kids. Yes, they act out. Yes, they do this, but they're still kids. So don't forget that. Like, yes, just for two seconds, just think back. Oh, shit. Maybe they're, they had a really bad day. And you remember, if one thing ticked you off in the morning, your whole fucking day was wrong. Be nicer to teenagers. They're still growing to be adults. Even if they look like adults, they're not all adults. Up here in that brain, they're not adults. So be a listening ear. If you got a teenager in your family, you got to uh, uh, be a mentor. Regardless if now this is even bigger than public ed, whether wherever, be a mentor to someone younger than you who's a teenager. Because guess what? 
what most teenagers want is just an adult that gives a shit about them that wants to hear. And that's not necessarily even like a parent, like just an adult that takes an interest in what they're doing. Like that's appreciative. Like they remember that. Like we remember adults who looked out when we were younger, whether it was a coach, whether it was a teacher, whether it was a family friend, you like, damn, I still fuck with them to this day. Cause they Shout out Emily. I'll never forget. Shout out Miss Emily. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, man. But it's spoken like, like a true educator. Spoken like a true speaks. educator. Oh, stud, bro. You know? Damn. No, just be I'm nice. Be nice, be, nice. Be, be nice to teachers, man. man they really, you. We're struggling. They ass, we're struggling. Like, they struggling. work it's... day and night. Day and night. They work longer than y'all eight hours in the office. Longer than your eight hours in the in the in the warehouse. They gotta teach with little time for breaks. And they sitting here teaching y'all little badass kids. Just to give people, just to make you think. Imagine managing 90 to 110 students each day that all have their own personalities, their own ways of working, that have their own learning styles, that have different accommodations that need to be met. And you have to be the one to meet them. Emotional issues, academic issues, interpersonal issues. You're the one responsible. So again, just give your local teacher a shout out. Look out for them because this shit is far from easy. And again, it's no complaint. I love my job. I love my kids. I love what I do. Just we'd like to be appreciated a little bit more out there sometimes. That's all. Pay it forward to your teachers. If you see a teacher out there, I think, you know, speaking for all of us, especially for Flacco, man, we love them here on this pod. If you see a teacher out there, man, pay it forward. Get them a remote. The least you paper. could do is get them a fucking apple if you if you right, broke. right. Get or them an apple, coffee, man. <laughs> you know. Get them a coffee or or <laughs> shit. If you can't afford anything, like at least say something nice to them. Like, yo, you know, you're doing good. I'm glad you're these students. Like, we're extremely glad that is, is you know a teacher and also a mentor and guiding these students, man. Because I can imagine doing that hard work. Bro, if I would have had if I would have had a flocko growing up, man, I would have been so blessed. And I know these kids are, are blessed to have you, man. Thank Looking you. like a true king. I won't, I'll teach I'll teach her cry later. You know, I'll, I'll <laughs> her later. <laughs> Damn, yo, we covered a lot on this episode. And I know we were kind of all over the place, but we came into this podcast real hot. Like we said, it's yeah. not the only conversation we're gonna be having about the public school system in the United States. Uh look out for some some guests later this season who are also in the public school system in different locations, just to kind of bring that full circle to talk about how it is all over this country. And that's it. Lessons learned today. Many shit. They were never shit. Checks out. Get help if you need mental health help. Or just mind your business because it's not, we don't need to know what the fuck is going on with Kim and Kanye you know, and their kids. Pick pick which one you want. You just, yeah, you just hope that, that they're doing right by them kids. And three, don't put your diary on Facebook. Also. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Please. Put, don't, please. Man, don't. I don't care. I don't even care if, even if I read day. it, even if I read it, I didn't really right. want to read it. And then finally, be appreciative of everybody who contributes to the public school system because that shit is not a, it's not an easy job. And it, it kind of goes back to the Kim and Kanye thing. You got to do right by them kids. And that's the least you can do. You want this country to be better. You got to invest in them kids. And that's yep, it. That's the future. That's that's episode three. I just north. Skirt! <laughs> you. We out. Love y'all.